On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Philadelphia moves on to the second round, and now we wait for the next opponent. But so much came out of the first series. What stood out in the four games against the Brooklyn Nets? We'll break it all down right here next, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com promo code locked on. What's good, D? Uh, what's good, man? Uh, second round. That's what's good. Start of a new week, getting ready for the second round. Sixers have some time off to rest and prepare for their next opponent. So I would assume that's pretty good. Uh, only sweep so far through the postseason. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, man. I bet you $300 they play Boston. I bet you $300. <laughs> I won't take that bet. <laughs> I won't take that bet. Not at all. No. <laughs> uh, not at all. Well, listen, man. Everybody, welcome. You're locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my co-host and partner, as always, from the Inquire.com. Sixers beat writer Keith Pompey. We thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available uh, on all platforms, including right here on YouTube at Locked On 76 as well. A bunch to get to here as we now wait for the opponent. The Atlanta Hawks and the Boston Celtics will play a game five on Tuesday. So we'll find out after Tuesday's game uh, of who the Philadelphia 76ers will be facing off. Keith wants to bet $300. I'm not into that. So I think you understand where we both are. We both think that the Boston Celtics are going to advance to the next round and host the Sixers. So we'll get into that. We'll discuss that. We'll talk about uh, maybe a little bit with that later on, some observations from the postseason. We'll talk about Tyrese Maxey, how important those final three games of scoring Maxey we saw heading into the next round. Uh, Also, just digging in on uh, the, the bench and what we saw from the role players in the entire series against the Brooklyn Nets. But first, we have to begin with the story that Keith wrote. Uh, on the inquire.com did tremendous work as always and one of the things that we discussed when the Sixers made all of their acquisitions in the offseason was again trying to get over the hump a new iteration but adding some toughness and one guy in particular was PJ Tucker didn't make a lot of shots on Saturday felt like he missed what he missed I think he was 0 for 4 felt like he was Oh, for 400, the way that they just kept going. And it seemed like he was open and he was missing those shots against the Brooklyn Nets in the closing game. That said, I thought he had a pretty good series. And I'm sure Keith feels the same how how you guys feel. But this is what they brought him here for as we get ready for the next round. And we presume that it's going to be the Boston Celtics. And as he said to Keith, the time is now. Everyone has been waiting for the second round. We are finally here. We think it's going to be Boston. Keith, this is a big reason why they brought in P.J. Tucker. Oh, no doubt. I mean, you know, basically, he didn't run from that. I mean, he basically said to me at the end of the day, I'm just being real. So this is it. This is our season. This is what I'm here for. 
That's why I said that. And what he said is after they beat the Brooklyn Nets, after they swept the Nets, he pulled his teammates together and said, the playoff starts now. And he said, like, everyone has been talking about us versus Boston in the second round, right? He says, um, we've, we've been um, we've been playing all year knowing that this is the end result is going, knowing that this is what the end result is going to uh, be to get to this point, knowing that everything is about this right here, talking about the second round, knowing that all season long, it was going to be either us in Boston or us in Milwaukee. So, you know what I mean? I like the fact that he's, you know, talked about that. And, and like you said, some people may talk about his, uh, the shots that he missed. But I'm telling you, there was a couple of times where you looked at Maxi hit a three and you saw like PJ just taking a guy out, like he's being free. physical. Yeah, yeah right. he's freeing him up and, and things. And those are the things that he's going to have to do. Now, again, they got to play a little bit faster to go up against Boston. So we'll see if PJ can do that, you know, can can match that 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 athleticism that they have now they do slow the game up a little bit in the playoffs, so it may not be as bad as some people think but at the same time we're going up against a different caliber of athletes in 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 total talking about that how deep they are but uh, i like the fact that pj knows what he's here for and he knows that this is when things start so props to him the, the thing that I really liked uh, about what he said, Keith, is number one, he came right out and he came right at you and he put himself on that. He put the bullseye on him. Now, he put it on his team overall because he mentioned what he mentioned about this is what everybody's been waiting for, whether it was Boston or Milwaukee, you're going to have to go through one, if not both, and we know it's probably going to have to be both, although that Miami-Milwaukee series is getting a little interesting with Giannis dealing with that back injury. But right now, we'll deal with the, what's in front of us and what he said and again, putting that bullseye on his back. Sometimes, Keith, when you when you have a number of a player, um, when they get paid, we know for years Tobias Harris has carried that label of the one hundred and whatever seventy million dollars <laughs> it was. That was his jersey number. It was not number thirty three. It was not number twelve. It was one hundred and seventy nine million uh, on his back. And we can go back and forth over the years of whether he was worth it or not. But with P.J. Tucker, I remember when you reported it first and a lot of people were questioning it, and then they finally got it done. And what did it ultimately become? Um, 37, close to $37 million? Like, it's like, yeah, like 33 or something like yeah, that. 33 yeah, 33 over, over the three years. And sometimes when you look at a number, Keith, the value is not what that number is. It's, you know, it's about what they do on the floor that – you look at it at the end of the day and say, you know what? I didn't like it in the beginning. I didn't like it when they signed him. But I, and I understand that he's not hitting shots. However, man, you know, that, that guy, he laid it all out in that series. And he had a big part in winning this particular series. And, of course, that's the Brooklyn Nets. And some people are going to look at it like, like he said, basically just looking past the Brooklyn Nets saying, all right, it starts now. Uh, but sometimes that worth is not – the, the financial right there it's more about what you feel a guy can do and that guy for what he has done so far you know i love the fact that he stood on it owned it and put the bullseye on himself but also letting his teammates know right away this is what we came here for yeah yeah exactly i mean you know because and, and the thing is like you can't get tricked 
I mean, no offense to the Brooklyn Nets, and, and the Brooklyn Nets played a, a f- phenomenal season. They played hard. They played hard. But if we're going to be real right now, the Sixers were the most fortunate team and when looking back at it. And the reason why I'm saying this is because this Brooklyn Nets team is completely different than the one that started the season, right? They made these trades. They got these draft picks. It's kind of sort of like they kind of like said, you know what? We're we just getting rid of the mess, and we're going to bring in these dudes, and we're going to build with them, and they just so happen to make the playoffs. But when you look at it, this was arguably probably the worst playoff team just because they don't have a point guard. They they don't – all they had was a young guy and Mikael Bridges. Nothing against the other dudes, but they got a young Mikael Bridges. They got a bunch of shooters, which is good, but they didn't have the ingredients that we found out that will enable them to beat an elite team. And it was just a bad matchup for the 70. Um, for they, they were, they were, the Sixers were a horrible matchup for them. So the Sixers were fortunate. And, but a lot of times when you go ahead and you sweep a team, you start getting a little overconfident. You start thinking how great we are, where it is and that. And I think it was smart of PJ too to pull them together and be like, look, y'all, it just starts now. Like, let them know, like, it's going to be a whole lot tougher. Now we're about to go in there and we got to face reality. Like, everyone's saying, which we've been two and we've been one in 12 since 1986 in second round playoff game. Jeez. One in 12, right? So they lost their last five series, playoff series to the Boston Celtics, six out of the last seven, right? So it's one of those things. And, Yo, we got to get real. We got to get focused. We got to do what we got to do. It's going to be a dog fight, man. And and, um, and 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 if it's a dog fight, that might be good for the Sixers. If it's not a dog fight, we all going to assume that Boston is 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 about to sweep. So you know, I think what PJ said was extremely important and and extremely timely because you can't get it twisted. You can't like look at this Brooklyn Nets team that has so much cap space available, so much all this stuff that they're only going to get better and get be- um, get uh, elevated. I just felt like this, to be honest with you, this playoff series to me for Brooklyn was the equivalent of the Phoenix Suns going into the bubble when they when they had all that practice time and they was playing teams and they, and, and they got experience because – there was no way in heck looking back at this that this team could beat the Sixers. You know, they just were spotted a lot of victories before they made all these trades. Well, if things are going to get tough and things are going to get rugged and make this series something, a guy that you want on your team, which is why Joel Embiid mentioned it after they lost to Miami last year in the second round, P.J. Tucker. And uh, that's going to be important coming up here for this series against Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and the rest of those guards and wings that they have that they just continue to funnel through. Certainly we will talk more about those players uh, going forward once the series is officially set. Uh, But Keith, on the other side, we need to talk about those role guys, man, because they came up large in this series and specifically a few. And this is where we talk about the depth of this basketball team, the way they put it together, not just with P.J. Tucker, but the other guys. And we're really talking about a few new guys and a couple of carryovers. And we'll get to why the bench was so important in round one. It's going to also be important in round two. We'll get into those guys next right here, locked on 76ers. 
let's talk about prize picks, right, D? You know, you know how I am. I, I really like prize picks. I'm not really a gambling man, but it's something about prize picks that that really intrigues me. You know, and and the thing is, a lot of these guys aren't playing. But when I used to do prize picks, I would always think about, you know, hey, am I going to take Luka Doncic to score more than twenty six point five points? What about LeBron James? Is he going to have more than seven point five rebounds? KD, uh, is he going to have less than six point five assists? And Steph Curry, is he going to have more than three point five three pointers? Right. So, like, how does it work with prize picks? You take two to six players. And if they will go score more or less than the prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you and the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. That includes the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA golf, college football, everything, anything you want. If you want to do one college women's basketball, do it. You got it all. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepick.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on to sign up for an instant deposit matchup for a hundred dollars do it today people definitely do it today and and then you know what else you can do first of all you can do the nissan pl- player of the week now this is my player of the week i'm gonna give it to tobias harris day you know what i mean before it was one of those things where you know we were talking about uh, uh we talked about pj tucker right we we talked about um, Joel Embiid. We talked about Tyrese Maxey, but Tobias, I'm giving it to him because he's been the most consistent player of the week. So that's why he is the Nissan Aria player of the week. Just like the Nissan Aria, right? Tobias Harris is brilliantly fierce. He's fiercely elegant, right? He's stunningly powerful, elegantly powerful, and he can do it all. So what I'm saying is Tobias Harris is the Nissan Aria player of the week. And what you need to do, y'all, is, you know, you could go and get the 2021 um, Aria, right? Just go to NissanUSA.com. You can check it out. You could go to a Nissan dealership and see whatever it is. It's all new, all electric, 2023 Nissan Aria. Do it today, people. Definitely do it today. Yes, indeed. Tobias Harris has been tremendous. They're going to need him to do so going forward. And we want to make sure that we thank you for making Locked On 76 as your first listen every day as we do talk about Tobias Harris and the rest of his team every day or tomorrow on the show. We'll start to look ahead a little bit more and talk about some of the other things with the Boston Celtics, even though they only play on Tuesday night. I think we have a pretty good sense of where it's going. And we'll also dive around the rest of the NBA with what's going on in the association. Uh, But Keith, one thing that we uh, also need to continue on as we talk about P.J. Tucker as the role guy that he is, but very important as we know as a starter, the other guys, the other guys, Paul Reed stepping in for Joel Embiid who missed game four with the right knee sprain. De'Anthony Melton, two-way player, 
more known for his defense, some offense, very streaky. Was very streaky in the first half. Came up large in the fourth quarter with 15 points. All of his points in that game on Saturday. Jalen McDaniels didn't necessarily translate in terms of the points, but his activity, his length, all of the above there on the floor, and even George Niang where he wasn't knocking down his three-pointer, Keith, but what he did do was when the Sixers were struggling a little bit early, he jumped in there, man, and got a couple of buckets there inside, <laughs> a couple of floaters over uh, the, the longer defenders of the Brooklyn Nets. And for the most part in the entire series against the Brooklyn Nets, Keith, with the exception of one game, I believe it was game two, they were pretty good as a unit coming off the bench. And, of course, a spot start for Paul Reed where he was tremendous in the second half, specifically against Boston in game four. They really showed up in this series against the Brooklyn Nets. They did. They did. And, 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 and it's weird for me because, you know, you can look at it two ways. I mean, you can look at it like, all right, you guys like really did what you were supposed to do and you played well. And, you know, there's been some question marks about all of them. Like, George, can you keep him on the floor? De'Anthony Melton, you know, he has a reputation of struggling in the postseason, right? Um, Jalen McDaniels, what is it going to be like for him? Like, is, is the lights going to get too big? Is it like, can he deal with the moment? So you look at that and you have to commend them for that. You do. You have to commend them because you play the games and you go out there in situations and it's a make or mislead. And they made the shots. They did what they had to do. But then also you also realize that, you know, that the intensity level is going to get heightened in the next round, regardless of who they play. Like if they play the Atlanta Hawks, I get it. People saying they're not the Boston Celtics. They won't, but it's still the second round of playoffs Correct. where the stakes get higher. In the and, and you lost to them two years ago. You And you lost them two years ago when that was supposed to be a layup. You know what I mean? So, heck, they lost the first game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, thinking back. So, so when you look at that, you say to yourself, like, yes, this was good. They did what they were supposed to do. But now we got to judge them based off what they did the next round. But, again, it's one of those things where – you have to commend them for what they did because they played and they played well. But you, at the end of the day, you know if they struggle next round, if Shake Milton, I mean, not Shake Milton, if DeAnthony Melton struggles next round, people are going to say, oh, okay, he only had a good series because the, ball, um, the Brooklyn Nets were undermanned or the Brooklyn Nets, like, they weren't the same squad that they were before. And, and the same thing for DeAnthony Melton. And the same thing for um, George Niang. So if I'm those three guys, as good as I played, I'm extra motivated. I still have a chip on my shoulder. I I can't be relaxed right now. I have to have that chip on my shoulder, knowing that Boston is going to try to attack me. They're going to try to exploit me. You know, this and that. Because people forget. Or maybe they don't. That shot that they had to win the game when Boston won, um, the one time they came here was against DeAnthony when, uh, yeah, when they switched Tobias off. Yeah, they switched Tobias yeah. off of him. I still don't understand that play. But, but the only thing, only th- just to go on that real fast, the only thing that I think was his speed, using Melton's speed to keep up with Tatum, because he only needed two points. You didn't even need the three pointer, but you know, just the speed. But I still think it was the wrong move. I would have kept Tobias on him regardless. Yeah, because we're talking six. What is 
Jason Tatum, 6'10 now. Like, I know he listed 6'8, but he looked like he'd about to be a little taller than that, right? So going up against 6'3, I mean, and we're talking about a dude who can shoot. You, you know what I mean? It's not like it's not like you're trying to back him down and then dude could get uses go underneath him and get the strip. He just like just shot over him. That was the easiest shot he had all night. I remember it well. Saturday night. Saturday night, 8:30 game. I remember it well. Uh of the players uh through the four games, Keith, um, which one stood out the most to you? Which one did you feel like what they did? Uh, was most important for maybe confidence or just team uh, morale overall of what they could bring for the remainder of the playoffs, however long they're in. You're talking about other four reserve players? Mm-hmm. Now, are we including uh, Paul Reed? Yeah. Yeah, uh, P- P- Paul Reed. Same. I agree. Yeah, yeah. He he was. He we was, don't know how many minutes he's going to get, but when he's out there, those minutes, they are effective now. Oh, no doubt. And, and here's the thing. I, the thing I like about it is, you know, you, you talk about Milwaukee. When you go up against Milwaukee, you're like, I don't know if I could play Paul Reed. I mean, nothing against Paul, but I'm just saying, like, seven-foot center, you know, this and that. Now, maybe when they go in the backup unit, you can match up. But when you look at Boston and you see how Paul's athleticism is, and you got the Al Horford, you got Robert Williams the third. You know, Robert Williams the third and Paul Reed are similar players. Like, you know, 6'10 guy, 6'9", 6'10" you know, more like power forwards than centers. You know what I mean? They like to run. They like to do stuff like that. So if you put a Dwayne Detman in there, let's say if they did, or or, or Montrez, they would probably struggle against this guy, keeping up with his athleticism. So Paul Reed is kind of sort of the type of backup big that you would like in this, in this type of series because it's a similar, even down to Al Horford, you know, you know, Al Horford is six, eight, six, ten, whatever. He could get out and pop. You know, he could do a lot of different things. I think Paul is athletic enough and strong enough to grab those offensive boards and 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 do what he needs to do. He's gonna be up for a contract soon, isn't he? This is year three. Oh, this is it. This is his final year. Yeah. yeah. They're gonna, they gonna, they gonna have to figure something out there. I mean, it may not be a lot, but they're gonna have to figure something out. To make sure that they keep him around. Yeah, they got problems right about now. Don't decide who 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 to, like who should stay and who should go. Yeah, because um, of the starters, everybody's locked in. Even though Tobias is on the final year, everybody's locked in. James can opt out, um, so he's that maxi extension eligible. DeAnthony, one more year on his deal. Yeah, he got one more year. He's got one more. Jalen is uh Jalen is, is this his final year of his deal. Okay. Jaylen, I didn't know if he was restricted. Yeah, uh, I think I don't know if he's restricted. Yeah, we gotta look at it. George Niang, this is his George final is, year. George is free. Uh yeah. Shake. I don't think he's coming back. I'm Shake, maybe not. Yeah, Shake. Um yeah. House yeah. has two years, so he's good. House has a year, yeah. Uh Whatchamacall has a Montrez, I believe, has a player option. Um, they gave him a two-year deal? Well, it's <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I, no, I, hold up. I, I'm getting wrong. Um, 
I gotta double check with that one, but House yeah. has a two. House, House has a new player. House had a two. He has the player. He has the player option. He has a player option. Yeah, but you know, a lot of times these dudes, when they get these player options, they typically, unless you got something else, you're going to take it. Yeah, you're going yeah. to accept so, it. So yeah, some key guys are going to have to worry about. Paul Reed is one of them uh, in the off season. Uh, one of the other guys is going to be up for a contract eligible extension. His classmate Tyrese Maxey, big game again. Uh, on Saturday and uh, helping to close out the series for the Sixers. He didn't score a number of points like he did in the games two and three, but again, he scored when he needed to for this basketball team. Tyrese Maxey, why this run from games two through four was important as we get ready for the Boston Celtics. We'll explain why when we get back right here on Locked On 76ers. I do have to tell you, though, as we get deeper here into the postseason, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is uh, pretty fun. And uh, sitting back, watching these games, watching these these playoff matchups, and seeing these players just do what they do, like Anthony Edwards. You know, wouldn't you want him on your team if you were a GM? Sure. How about Tyrese Maxey? Absolutely. You might want him on your team as well. You need a big guy? Well, maybe Paul Reed. 15 rebounds. You saw that? Eight offensive. Very valuable. And those things can help you out when you are playing in a specific type of game, like about a cool game, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Coolest game I played in a while. It's always thought, uh, you know, to be one of the, the really fun games. As we start to learn more about it, I've always thought I could be a great NBA GM. And as it turns out, it's not all that easy, but I am pretty darn good. If you had the same thought, and have fantasized about managing your own basketball franchise, go and download the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now. It's really easy. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise that you complain about with your current team. You can do it yourself. Playing through seasons and leading your draft, your franchise, pardon me, and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty in the simulation you're responsible for this. Dealing with the challenging personalities of your players and coaches. Uh, hiring the right coaches and assistants. Some guys are free now out there. Maybe you can go get Nick Nurse. Trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft, all the ups and downs of multiple seasons. It's really fun. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. So if you're at the barbershop and you're sitting there waiting to get your hair cut, bang, just go ahead and start messing around with your ultimate pro basketball GM, whether you're on a plane and you want to do something, you're going somewhere, you're going for business. Boom. Once again, ultimate pro basketball GM. I've done it sitting in a barbershop. Sometimes I'm a little bored there. Maybe before a show that I'm getting prepared for, I have some downtime at the station right there. Ultimate pro basketball GM. If you want to get involved, locked on 76ers listeners, get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store so make sure you check it out download the game just visit probasketballgm.com scan the code or look it up on the app stores that's probasketballgm.com ultimate basketball gm start your dynasty today welcome back locked on 76ers that's keith pompey i'm devon Givens. keith tyrese maxi game one 13 points didn't really have an impact on that game, even though they won by 20 points, 121 yeah. against Brooklyn. However, 33, 25, 17 in the final game, you felt his impact in those three games there. And uh, 
I felt personally, and I want to get your thoughts and maybe some of the listeners and viewers, that this was important because knowing that they're likely going to face the Boston Celtics, he struggled against them all season long. 10 points on average. His shooting percentage was low. His three-point percentage was low. Not a good series against the Boston Celtics. So coming off of these three games in a row where he's played much better, felt it was important for him to get into that rhythm, get into a good scoring flow of where he was in the offense because they're going to need that as they now carry over to round number two. Nah, I don't think it matters. I mean, and, and I'll tell you why, but look, before we do that, um, I got to just, I just want to make sure we get something clarified yeah. right here. With Montrez Harold does have a player option. Uh, his play, he has to do with his deadline is June the 21st, right? He has a player option. Daniel House has a player option. Um, James Harden, of course, has a player option. Paul Reed has a qualifying offer. So that means he'll become a restricted if they don't give him, you know, something. So that, there you go. And the Anthony Melton's contract becomes guaranteed on July the 3rd. Right. So there we go. That's the guys for this year. Now here's the thing with Max, I get it. Um, but you know, when we, when we talk about Tyrese Maxey and you talk about the Boston Celtics it's like, this has been the one team that he struggled the most against of his career. Right. He's played against the Boston Celtics 10 times. Right. 10 times. So when you look at it, he is averaging 8.4 points on 34 percent shooting, both career lows against an opponent. Right now, again, it's been 10 games. So to me, like I get it. We've seen Tyrese Maxey dominate other teams a lot. Right. You see him go out there, get 30. He does stuff. And then they go play Boston and he struggles, right? So it's like the equivalent to me of like when I went to Pitt, we used to call it the B court. Like you would play these teams, they play guys in the in the in, in the old pickup game, and it was always this one court where the real good players didn't play. Like, but then if you went up to the other court and played, that's where the real ballers were at. So nothing against Brooklyn. But the quality of defender and the way that they're going to defend them is completely different. Like we think about Brooklyn, this game, it was one of it was one of those things where what they did. Now Brooklyn does have um, Mikael Bridges. They they also have um, Dorian Finney-Smith. But Mikael Bridges was on Harden, right? Dorian Finney-Smith. They had him at, at the first game. They had him on Harden and had Mikael on on you know maxi a little bit right but then what happened is when they realized they were getting killed on the boards they basically just let maxi roam roam free he's not going to have that luxury against boston so the way that they just said to him like hey look you're cool we live with you giving us 30 something and if and if you beat us you beat us well what boston's going to do is nah bro we're going to try to hold you under 10 we're going to try to hold you under 10. So I don't think that you can look at these and, and say, like, you can gain confidence by this because they're going to uh, – he, it put me, he's not going to be unguarded this series. He's not. No, he's not. But where I disagree is just having the feel of a confidence for a player himself, knowing that you're going yeah. to go against different opponents that are – 
maybe some more defenders. As you say, we can only really name two on the Brooklyn Nets, but as a player to just simply have a feel and a confidence level that he can score, it's going to probably take a couple of buckets to do so against Brooklyn, but feeling, it's different feeling, hey, I just played Brooklyn, and to your point, they didn't have anybody and I struggled. My confidence might be all screwed up going into this this, this uh, Boston thing. But he scored. Yeah. And he may not score 33, he may not score 25, but the feeling of, hey, I am personally in a good groove. I don't care who's in front of me. No one can stop me. That's where I was looking at just having that going in there. That's better than having nothing going into a series where you're feeling good about yourself personally going against a defense that's going to load up on you at certain times. And of course, you struggled against them. You know it as a player uh, that there are certain teams that you have your issues against. And he knows that he has had his problems with the Boston Celtics. So that's why I said it may not average 20. May not average 15, but in terms of his impact on how he does it, what he does it, at least to start for game one, it was better than not having three good games and feeling good about yourself and not having yourself down. When we talk about the mental game of the Sixers having to beat the Boston Celtics, just beat them so you know you can beat them during the regular season and maybe that carries over into the postseason. The mental thing of Tyrese Maxey was, let me at least go into this series knowing that I struggle all season, that I, I'm carrying something over, and let's see if it works going into the Boston Celtics. You adjust when you get there. You adapt to whatever it is in front of you, but going in, feeling good, I'll take that versus the opposite. Yeah, but, bro, you got to be real, though. I mean, it's true, but, like, I mean, they were letting him. It was kind of sort of – I mean, no offense to Brooklyn, but uh, but it was kind of sort of like, um, it it was kind of one of them things where you say like, "Hey, look, dude, we just don't respect you. We we just not going to guard you, and if you get it, you get it. It's just going to be different. Like it's going to be extremely different. Like here we go, right here. Here we go. Because I I thought more of it was the 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 covers that they had on Embiid. Yeah, well, well, here's the thing. Here's so I'm just give you a back to back, right? Mm-hmm. So on on April the second, they played on April the second. Now the Sixers lost this game, but on April the second, this is crazy. April the second, they go to Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Tyrese Maxey had 29 points on nine for 15 shooting. He made six or seven threes. Six of seven threes, shot 85% from free and had 29 points, right? The next, so you thinking like, all right, Maxi is, my man is balling, right? Mm-hmm. Maxi is balling. Now, don't get me wrong. Now, that stretch, did that, was, that concluded a stretch of where he had the first one, he had 31 points, 22 points. 21, 21, 37, 29, 22, 13, 29. So you're saying to yourself, like, yo, my man is balling. He's going to go out there and he's going to do his thing against Boston. I, I know he's going to do his thing against Boston. Boston, two nights later, after scoring 29, two of eight shooting, one for four on threes, mm-hmm. right? He had uh, – Four turnovers, right? Um, 
and he only had five points. Now, he played 39 minutes, and this came after the brother, after he averaged in the, in the previous nine games, he averaged 25 points on 52.2% shooting mm-hmm. from three. So I'm saying to you, like, it's something about this team, dude. So, like, yeah, you can say he looked good against against there, against Brooklyn, but then you would also say to yourself, but, Dad, he looked phenomenal against Milwaukee. He looked phenomenal in, during this stretch. And then he goes to Boston, and they do to him what they normally do. You know what I'm but saying? That's why I'm saying so, the alternative for me of him not scoring going to into Boston versus scoring – going into Boston, I'll take that. And that's important for me to for me to pay attention to because it, it's a whole nother animal. And I and I, I totally understand what you're saying. With the Milwaukee that, and all that. I mean that stretch he did the same thing. That right, stretch. Right. Again against better so at, teams. So at some point he may get over it. He may not. Because that's why I just said that's why I'm talking about the mental part of it that he has to get through that. And I, I feel much better about myself. If I know I at least played well in this previous series going into this one, knowing that I struggle. I understand your point 100%. My counter is I'll take I'll take this versus the alternative of not scoring at all against Brooklyn, where my whole mental is all messed up, going into a spot where I already know my mental is already in the works. My my wheels are spinning because I can't figure this Boston situation out. So yeah, that's where um that's where I, but but this is why this is why it's, it's very fun to talk about these things and interesting because we could differ on these and the ultimate thing is can this guy yeah, play, can this guy play against Boston? Yeah. And that's what we're going to find out. That's what we're going to find out here coming up here shortly, man. Coming up here shortly. It's going to be it's going to be a, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. Well, listen, man, this is always fun with you. Always fun to hang out with the folks. We appreciate it. And uh, we thank you for making Locked On 76 as your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. Well, again, we'll start diving a little bit more into the uh, roster and uh, with what we uh, are anticipating against for this team in the upcoming series and some things. And maybe we'll have a little bit to talk about with Joel and B. Keith, you mind letting the good folks know where they can find us? Yeah, you can find us wherever you find your podcast at, wherever you get your podcast at, and we're free and available. Also, you can like go to our YouTube channel, um, Locked On 76ers YouTube. But when you do that, make sure you click on the Liberty Bell, right? You click on the Liberty Bell, you become a new, new subscriber, and you get updates whenever we post our podcast. But tonight, listen to my man D um, from 6 to 10, right? Tonight, from 6 to 10 on the Divine Giving Show on 97.5 FM radio, right? Also, if you haven't already um, done that, you need to follow my man D on Twitter at DivineG975. Again, DivineG975. Listen to his radio show on 97.5 FM from 6 um, to 10 tonight. And then also you can follow me on Twitter at Pompeii on Sixers. And you can read my stuff in the Philadelphia Inquirer. Inquirer.com. No doubt. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you hanging out with us on Monday. We got a long week and. We'll see if we have a long playoffs, but we're definitely uh, going to have a long week and get started by Saturday or Monday for the next round. Keith, as always, thanks, man. All right. Thanks, dude. You got it. All right. Peace.